are listening to episode number 47 of the Water and Stone Church podcast. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. Well, first of all, I want to, uh, I want to apologize because we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties last week, as you know if you subscribe to our podcast because you didn't get an episode this week. But we're going to try extra hard to make this episode twice as good as it normally would be. We're going to do our best here. But as we uh, gather around... Well, what have you been up to, Jen? Oh, absolutely in the throes of Christmas preparations and Mm -hmm. um, just everything. The decorations, the baking of the cookies, the buying of the presents. We are in... It's pretty Norman Rockwell around here. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. I try to skew towards that Norman Rockwell rather than, let's say, Norman Bates. I think we're doing pretty good so far. Hey, now. No, I think we're doing good. No, we are. And and um, I love Christmas time. And I think that you can still have all of the good parts of Christmas without all of the yucky parts of Christmas. And, <laughs> and you know, yeah, obviously we're buying presents for someone. But, you know, I really try not to buy into the mass consumerism. And we shop small. Mm-hmm. We, we buy we unique really try presents. try to buy local stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think it's a good opportunity to help those folks out a little bit, but also to get some interesting perspective and and actually some really artistic stuff. It's it's neat what you can find during this time of year. Well, have you made anything yet? I have. Have you? Oh, gosh. I have. Okay, so yes. for those of you who don't know, um, every year, we you know, we buy each other presents, the four of us in our little family, the Randolphs, but we also make each other presents and we started doing that a bunch of years ago i don't even remember now why or how we started doing it but we started doing it because our youngest our son was really put out and he's like i don't have any of my own money to buy people's presents that's right and he was smart enough to realize that it's all well and good if you give me your money, but it's still your money i can't do anything Mm -hmm. and he was feeling very too smart to yeah, it, you know, you, it was it was beyond, you know, trying to persuade him or pacify him into, hey, it's okay, you yeah, know, we're well, all in this well, together here, and it's you the family's this out money. And I'll buy it. And uh, yeah, be and he yeah. wasn't having any of that, and he felt very left out of the process, and he must have been eight or nine years old. I and you say. know, I got to tell you, that is old enough to get a job in a coal mine, for sure. example. Or I don't sure. know why he didn't go that route. Well, you know, slacker. But anyway, so we came up with the idea that as part of our Christmas every year that we would make each other presents and come up with different ideas and There's always different a theme. themes. Yeah. One year it was you had to make them something from one of their favorite movies. Mm-hmm. So like for you, all of the other three of us made you something from The Godfather, right? For example, right. all-time favorite like movie. Yeah, yep. and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and for Miles, it was Star Wars, and I made, I made him a lightsaber, that and I year. made him Jedi robes, mm-hmm. and you know, so that. And every year we have different, different kind of constraints, ideas. Well, and I really think the constraints help the creativity of long. This time, it's not all that complicated. This time, our rule is it just has to be something useful. Well, because we're so such an artistic family that a lot of times. What happens is is somebody makes somebody a beautiful picture or something decorative. Something decorative, 
that they can put on their desk or, you know, and that's, that's, that's beautiful. And I've loved all the presents, but we thought that this year with everybody kind of being grown and that we would try to do useful things, something that the person can actually use on a regular basis. Yeah, and I'm no Martha Stewart or, or whatever, but I feel like over the years I have gotten good enough at making things to actually make something that might actually be of use. I think we've all gotten reasonably good over the years at, at the process of making things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just adore that. I noticed that in a few places in our neighborhood here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, People have opened uh, DIY boutiques where you can go in and use their tools and they have all kinds of equipment. So I guess other people are doing this kind of thing too and that really warms my heart. I love the idea of of a little less consumerism and a little more, you know, elbow grease. Put in some time and some love in something. I think it's a really neat thing and I'd love to see other people picking up on that tradition. Yeah, me too. Me too. One of the things that really stuck out for me that we did this week is a movie that we saw yeah it's the one i think you're talking about but which one which one well are you i'm thinking talking about? about coco oh okay yes yes because i love the beverage and i thought that the movie would be you know how hot coco is made whether or not marshmallow apparently they didn't go that route at all apparently they <laughs> i don't know i guess the kind of guy like oh. me at pixar was not invited to those meetings which i guess isn't much of a shock but uh no it was it has to do with the Mexican Day of the Dead and and concepts of the afterlife, but more about family and love and the importance of following your heart and where truth and beauty and art come from and just and I love that the people at Pixar do such a good job at going in that direction. I mean, a, a number of episodes back, we talked about Walt Disney and the the reason why Disney is such an important figure in, in the world of entertainment in general is because he asked that question a long time ago. Yes, cartoons can make people laugh. Can we do something that'll make people cry? I cried during Coco. Yeah. I did. I did at the at the very end I did. But it was a it was it wasn't just the message. It is a beautiful movie. Yeah, visually just it the... is a gorgeous movie and I really, really liked it. It was a nice break from all of the hustling around and Christmas events and parties and have-tos and and everything to just go sit in a dark room and watch something beautiful. Well, and I got to tell you, it really is beautiful. There's a lot of animated movies from a number of studios that are cute and funny stuff and somebody gets hit over the head with a two-by-four or the equivalent, you know, there's slapstick stuff. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a cartoon. But I have to tell you, every single Pixar movie I've ever seen has had moving moments, like truly moving moments. My favorite Pixar movie is still Ratatouille. There's this statement about giving yourself to your art, and it doesn't matter where you come from. You've got something beautiful inside of you. But this movie is another one in that vein where it's just so beautiful. And even if there aren't uh, little ones in your life, go see Coco. It's just really inspirational and, and just so sweet. It is. It was neat. It was a good movie. I also had, uh, it was really interesting, uh, another sweet kind of moment is uh, one of my very, very, very old friends uh, from when I was a teenager, just before you and I met. So Yeah, I had I had never met him. And, and we were in youth group in, uh, in church together, and I, you know, obviously from the Florida end of things, and he's from Iowa. 
and you know some of those retreats they bring in people from all over the country or all over the world and so I had known Matthew from that a million years ago and he happened to be in town on vacation with his family and and uh called us up and we went and had some lunch together and it was really fun to uh to reminisce and all of that and and I just love the idea that these ideas that this church stuff can make those kinds of connections we still have friends that are just the closest friends in the world that we were teenagers with and what we have in common is not much you know the work stuff is different where we live is different the way we do family or whatever often very different but what we have in common is at one point or another we shared these ideas and these feelings and these experiences together and man what a bond i am just so grateful yeah, it was really nice to meet him. We had a great lunch. And so, Matthew, if you're listening, once again, thanks for your company. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was such a pleasure to have that time with you. Absolutely. So as we move to the dig in part of the podcast, this week we want to talk about where your sense of direction for your life comes from like how do you know when you're going in the right direction yeah how, how do you, know you when you're yeah right and, and what we mean by direction is obviously not you know are you walking down the right street you know it's not the direction <laughs> yeah exactly we're, we're talking about big decisions in your life right we're talking about the idea of how do I know that it's the right thing to do to take this job how do I know if this is the person that I should marry how do I know if, you know, it's time to have a baby? Are we ready for that? Um, the big stuff. The well, big stuff, And right. I love, actually, you know, come to think of it, the GPS metaphor isn't, isn't terrible. Because, you know, when you think about when you first started to drive, or even before that, when, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I would take off on my bike or my skateboard, and I'd be gone all day, and my folks didn't know where I was, but I had a pretty good mental map of the neighborhood oh yeah absolutely and then you compare that with the utter reliance on your gps that that people have now i wonder if people are actually learning like atrophying that part of their their skill set right or that part of their brain there's an opportunity for empowerment that gets lost and people get lost when the you know what happens when the GPS doesn't work and there's horror stories about that but my point is maybe in a similar way the job that we have is to remind people that no your church can't tell you what to do it's so convenient to go can i just go to a place and they'll tell me what to do and mm-hmm. who to hate let's say what's right and what's not right and here we are and people like us saying no, no, no. You have to listen to your heart. I am not going to get in the way or get in between you and God. This is an internal process. And the church experience is not to tell you what to do, but rather to inspire you to find out what to do. You know, and that's really, really different. Where power exists is very different for us, for example. But it it creates that question i mean if you just come to me as a pastor and say what do i do and i tell you what's right and what's wrong it's simpler and in fact appealing in some ways but that's not how this works so if we tell people over and over and over and over and over again you've got to listen to your heart god is talking it's that still small voice that you've got to learn how to get still and quiet enough to to listen to then that's like 
unplugging the GPS a little bit. So, okay, well, how do I know if I'm on the right track? This is a really important question. And in fact, it's also a really healthy one because if you're asking that question, it means you're working in the right way. I think so, but I'm going to, I'm going to go back and, and as usual, you know, you're recalculating. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) redirecting. And it's really lovely. The idea that, yep, all my answers are coming from inside me and that's, and that's really great. I I love that idea. I try to live by that idea, but I'm going to play devil's advocate as I often do. Um, and I'm going to say, what if somebody is really not good at that? We talk about doing these, working these ideas like a muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to start out. So where you are you at the slow. beginning of that? So if somebody really doesn't have any idea of, well, does my still small voice, ha- <laughs> you know, what does it sound like? Or how, how do, do I, I know how do if I it's access? not ego? Right. How do I, you know, and so that is a very practice sense. So let's take it how do you all get the way there back before you get there to lowest common common denominator well it makes me think of george costanza and seinfeld he says my little man you know your conscience my little right. man's an idiot that's yeah. what george costanza right. would say. It, yeah. it, it is so, and it's so true okay and, and so I, fair. And I what do you so, if so, i tell you to follow your heart and you tell me yeah but my little man's an idiot right. it's not that your guidance is wrong it's that your ability to listen or maybe you've got some ego stuff or emotional baggage or entitlement stuff to get out of the way well so, maybe you're just new at it maybe yeah. this is the first time that you have been exposed to this idea idea and it's like it's like letting a two-year-old loose in a candy store exactly it's, it, it's like ah, yeah. you know and and it's all of this all of this information comes flooding in and and it feels really good and it's intoxicating to be told listen you have all the answers but once you get done with the infatuation of those ideas and you're left with your habits and yourself at the end of the day and it's all well and good to be told hey you don't need answers from anybody else go and figure it out on yourself and then in you know you come to a night and you're like please somebody i need an answer well and you know it's it's a little bit when you say it that way it does seem a little bit unfair because it's like where's the destination right the destination is in my heart Right. Well, how do I get there? Listen to your Listen heart. To your heart. It's a little what? bit like saying you got to get there to get there, and that's it's it is true. There, and there's a way to look at that, but in the meantime, it's great. What what right. do I do about so this? So I want people go right back to well, then can you just please tell me what's tell right me to what do? to do? And I think and that we experience that a lot. Actually. Yeah, and and then the cycle continues, and I do think people get better at it, quicker at it. There, there's an understanding. They repeat the process or the old habits less and less and less. But if you think that you're just going to go from A to Z on this, you're either a really, really in tune special person and you really don't need to be listening to this podcast. Well, and if you are, then you're not on this journey anyway. It's, you're a, you're working on other you're stuff. You're working on other yeah. stuff. Fair, fair. So if, if, if you're the kind of person that is, that is here, that has the struggles of answering the question about okay how do i know am i am i am i wrong am i going in the wrong direction what's right where are my signs mm-hmm. you know where you know show me show me something show me something that i'm going in the right direction so i would say even though we tell people so many times your answers come from the inside your answers come from yourself that's where god puts all of the answers get there i'm going to propose that we start the opposite end of the spectrum there and start looking at things 
from outside in until you can reach that part. Okay. And what I, what I mean is, does it feel good? Like, just how is your chair when you're sitting at work? Mm-hmm. Is it a bad chair? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is are, are you putting up with a really bad chair and you get up and your back hurts after a while? Well, and, and I think you can drill down. Hours. And it could very well be that it's the, you know, I'm, it's, and you find out, well, it's not really the chair. It's that I hate my job. You know well, what I mean? Or, or maybe I need, to, I don't hate, I, I don't hate my job, but maybe I need to ask for a better chair because I'm worthy of that. So there you go. Start, okay. start from a fi- the actual physical feeling of it. When you're walking down a street, you know, how does that make you feel? Are you happy? Are you scared? Um, when you go into your neighborhood, when you when you go into your house, how does your house make you feel? Your home should be a place of sanctuary. And if it is not, there is absolutely something to look for there. Are the people that you're living with causing you anxiety or or grief? Well, there's something absolutely that you should take care of there. And if yes, the feeling part of it, but also how does it physically make you feel? You know, is it when you... One of the worst feelings, and I know I'm getting on a soapbox, is going into the kitchen. You've just cleaned the kitchen, and one of your kids goes in and messes up the counter, and you put your hand in something sticky. And it's happened. It has happened. Or like underneath the counter, you know, where they've tried to wipe it up. God bless their little hearts. And it's still just, and you're looking at it, and you're like, and you just. Was there a human sacrifice in this kitchen that I'm yeah, not. Was you, Alice Cooper in here? Yeah. Oh, the, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. So, but it's, it's that. Does that, is that like, is your life sticky? <laughs> and I know that's really, it's a really that's odd actually, thing to say. No, but, but actually, you know what? That works out pretty good. In Eastern traditions, they talk about the idea of clinging to outer things. And I think stickiness is, is always how I kind of felt about it. It's not really holding on physically it's like it kind of holds it on to you kinda, and it's, yeah, that you, it's yucky, like that sap or whatever it is you yeah know? well and i think that here's here's the breakdown that sticks out for me it is not the case that the things outside of you can tell you what's right and wrong because two different people could be in the same experience same chair same office same relationship same whatever it is and get two different results out of it. So it's not that the outer thing can tell you what's right and wrong, but it is the case. And here's the part that I think gets ignored a lot. The outer thing can tell you where you're at. And you can work backwards from there and figure out what's in your heart. Because the question is, well, what's in my heart? And if we tell people to go to the mountaintop to do the navel gazing and bruise whatever other metaphor we got. And that's a lovely sentiment, but it's not realistic. I'm not going to some mountaintop, even if a York peppermint patty gets me there. It's not going to happen. Well, maybe in that case. (laughs) No, I don't have time. Okay? (laughs) I mean, and let's just be really really honest. Mm -hmm. And, And I know that that's... Some people are going to be like, oh, don't be so negative. But I'm Make talking time real. for matters of the spirit. It's yeah, like, okay, Yeah, you fine. know what? Great. But I want to have a spirituality that works while I'm driving to the doctor's office right. or the grocery store. I want a spirituality that works not when I have to remove myself. Right. And so, yes, you know what? I love going on retreats and workshops. And I and think I that there is a part that. of your life that can yes. absolutely 
be done in that part. And you will get there. You will get old enough to where your time mm-hmm. is your own. But the and name you can of the game that, is not... engagement. Yes. Even if you got time to go sit on the mountaintop or whatever, the, the object of the game is not removal. The object of the game is presence. You're mm-hmm. supposed to engage. Like I always say, and I say this all the time. I said it in a video I made yesterday. Yeah, every hero you ever heard about has a wilderness experience where they go away. But the real heroes are the ones who come back. And I despair of this 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 idolization of well so and so they live far away from everything and you got to go to a special compound to go see them and it sounds so creepy when you say it that way because the truth is if they were a real hero they'd be out there helping people in the world you know what i mean right go out to the world don't make the world come to you and that says so much about what we're trying to do with the church and so much about a lot of things but anyway sidebar anyway the name of the game is engagement. I want a spirituality that helps me engage with my life. That's where religion lives. So, the idea is take a look around at your life and ask yourself, how do you feel? What's sticking out for you? It's okay that what sticks out for you, good or bad, what gets your attention, let's say, is not going to be what does it for other people. This is about you. This is a process of getting to the point where you go, oh, I see. I keep running into this same kind of interaction with people. And you got to go, okay, is everybody in the world a jerk or could it be that you're cranky, let's well, say, and, for and one example. And I also example, think you when know? you come up against decisions in your life, if the people around you that you love and that you trust are all telling you, and, and maybe this is maybe this is a question. Okay, so let's 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 put this as a question because I'm I'm kind of answering it, but then I was kind of arguing with myself. So here it is: if the people around you that you love and you trust, family, friends, whatever, they're all telling you the same thing about a decision that you have made. Should you listen? Should you keep going the way that you're going? Is, is that, in fact, an outward sign of maybe fixing it a little bit or maybe relooking at it or, you know, is, is that true? Or is it, do you rebel and you're like, I know my heart, I know, you know, what I'm doing and, and, and I'm just going to go for it and these people don't know what they're talking about. Um, what do you think? Well, I think that you have to pay attention. I think that you have to look around. I think that it's foolish to not listen to what other people say. Now, they don't know you like you know you. That's totally fair. But on the other hand, you're also really good at fooling yourself. I can't tell you how many times I've been around somebody that that is trying to make some kind of a decision and something happens. A certain color car passes by or a leaf falls off a tree or they hear a song on the radio and they go, oh, it's a sign. It's a sign, yeah. But inevitably, it's a sign that they're supposed to do the thing they wanted to do in the first place. Mm. And you can cast stones or, you know, draw straws or or use a divining rod. But at the end of the day, you're going to interpret that how you want to interpret it because you are powerful enough to move the indicators around or perceive them or both in a way that's going to be conducive to the thing you wanted to do in the first place. And so usually what a sign is, 
is what that person needed to give themselves permission to do the thing they wanted to do in the first place. Oh, I just need a sign. Well, yeah, because you wanted to do it, and either you know you weren't supposed to do it or you don't feel entitled to it or something like that. So the thing is, go look for the signs. That's okay if you're that kind of person. You know, I do this silly thing where, I don't know if, you know, everybody listening knows about cars, but a Maserati is a very rare, there's not a lot of Maseratis on the road. It's an expensive car, pretty car, that whole thing. So whenever I see a Maserati, I go, oh, look, it's going to be a good day. Now, I don't (laughs) think that there's anything magical about that. It's just really kind of a goofy thing I do. And I know that. But in that little moment, it's how I give myself permission to have a good day. Right. But, and I know I'm doing that. I'm not really fooling myself, but that's okay. But my point is go look for signs. Even if you've got silly things, little rituals that you do, be that kind of person. Have little celebrations of things. It's okay. I'd ask for people not to be so scared. Oh, every time I see an El Camino, I got to wipe off the evil forces or whatever. People do that. But my point is don't walk around scared. This isn't about superstition. Go look for encouraging signs. But... The trick is to ask the second question, and this is the question that often doesn't get asked. When you see the sign and you decide that it means you're supposed to go do A, B, and C or not do X, Y, and Z, ask yourself, okay, now I know, God, I know that this is how I got myself to to where I wanted to go. Here's a question. Why did I want to go there? Mm. That's the question. Why did I want the thing I wanted? Ask yourself that question. It's so easy to get caught up in the, hey, I got my walking papers, and then ask yourself, did you really want to leave in the first place? Right. Why did you? Right. Because that question has to do with things like, well, I really want to be validated. Well, I really want love. Well, I really want to not feel like a jerk sometimes. Okay, these are all valid, important things. But how are you going about that? Well, I think that if you are in a relationship and it is not moving you forward, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. This is Woody Allen and, and Annie Hall and again, the shark, right? Yeah. It's just like it doesn't make any sense. If you can see no future and you are totally cool with staying exactly where you are and exactly in the same spot that you are with the same relationship with people What's the what's the point? Well, and I would go a step further and say you can't. Because the thing is when you think about your mind, your heart, your biological organism, the course of human history, anything, anything. Every single part of you, materially, sp- spiritually, intellectually, any way you want. Every part of you is engineered for motion. You are built for speed. It's what happens. So I, I just you can't argue that out of me. I, I, I can't see something that's not proof that you're made to move. And you combine that with when you think about it, every single bad thing that ever happened mm-hmm. in your own life and probably in the course of human history, big, big bad things, every bad thing that a person ever did had to do with somebody trying to hold still, mm. trying to hold back the tide of, of human evolution with their bare hands. You know, the relationship goes bad when the people in it stop trying to grow and they start trying to be like they were back in high school or whatever. Well, I was just the- going to say, we're assuming that every... I, I know that it's a lovely thought that you can't help but grow. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people don't. 
I think I think that they just are tired and they just want to have things the way that they want them and they want, you know, and I, I don't know. I think, at least I think they think they want that. Well, the thing is... I know that you are right about the, in, the inability to not move, to not grow. And we talk about that all the time. But maybe there's a person out there that just doesn't want to. Well... That they're okay with the easy way. But that they're the okay is, with the mundane. Be. They're okay with the... But, you know, it's so frustrating... Though. But that's the thing. That's the quiet desperation that Thoreau was talking about. You cannot really hold still. And I recognize that the future is scary sometimes. I recognize that it takes a different kind of thing. A Sunday service I did a, a month or so ago, I said, you know, at, when, in the questions after the service, I don't remember even what I was talking about. But one of the things I said is there is always uh, – um, a move towards nostalgia. You know, right now you can go to the Johnny Rockets restaurant and it's a pretend 1950s diner and they have a pretty solid chocolate shake, you know, that kind of thing. People get cars that look like a modern version of a car that existed before they were born. They go live in a community that's like a, it's got a pretend main street. Right. And you know what? I, I, I have a derisive tone in my voice, but I love all those things too. Sure. I love walking down Main Street at Disney World. It's great. Even though I've never been to Marceline, Missouri that it's based on. And if I were there, I'd probably be disappointed. <laughs> I love the idea of it. But the reason why retro is always going to be popular is because when you're in the past, there are no new questions. Mm. You know what kind of conversation you have. And it is an unchallenging one. But the thing is, you got to go home. You can't drink chocolate shakes all day. You can't stay in Disney World all day or your whole life. You have to go home. There is a point of view and a time and a place where you have to ask the hard question, which is, who am I really? Because are you determined by this one moment in time? Are you going to un Uncle Rico your, your, through your whole life and talk about how it used to be when you were the quarterback or whatever? It's not healthy, and you can't do it. To the degree that you try and hold still, life will frustrate you. The so, whole thing, the engine starts shaking. It's like standing, it's like being, uh, you know, being at a stoplight and your engine wants to go. The idle gets rough after a while, right. you know? So I would say to the person that is experiencing people telling them their family members or something like, I would say to the person, if people are telling you this about a situation, mm -hmm. absolutely take a look at it and take a look at yourself and say, am I trying to hold still? Am I going the it's easy way? It's a great way? question. Am I, am I doing this? And to the people that are, if you're on the opposite end of that and there is a person in your life that you feel like isn't moving forward or taking the opportunities or doing what, you know, you see the potential in them. Because I think sometimes you can see the potential in your friends and, you know, they don't see it in themselves yet. Sure. And to hold that vision. So I would say... If you're on the other side of that, be patient <laughs> and keep telling them in a loving, beautiful way how you feel and what you think. And move with your and life. And move, move with your life. So you can inspire. Exactly. But also give them an opportunity to experience that growth at their, at their own rate, even no matter how frustrating it might be for you. Sure. Right? Does yeah. that sound, does that yeah. sound about and, fair? Yeah. And you go, you go, 
why why do I want to do the thing I want to do? Oh, is it because I'm trying to, is it because I'm scared? Mm -hmm. Is it because I'm trying to hold still? And you got to go, well, who am I? Mm -hmm. Am I really determined by who I used to be? Am I going to let myself be determined by what I'm afraid of? Right. Who am I? And that's the question. Everything else will take you back to that question if you let it. Why do I want to do this thing I want to do? Well, wait a minute. What does that tell me about my identity? Right. Where do I get my sense of self from? And as you start to chew on that question, why does this thing bother me? Why do I want to be around or not want to be around that person, mm -hmm. for example? Oh, well, I, I'm doing this thing because I want to be loved. Okay, well, what is love for you? Right. Is it stagnation? Right. Okay, well, let's look at that. But the thing is that you can't get there just sitting still and quiet. No, but you I might be able to you give can. yourself permission by looking at what's going on outside of you. What's going on outside of you can't tell you what's right. But what's going on outside of you can tell you where you're at. And from there, you've got you what figure, you need. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I think that if you're just starting out learning about these new ideas about how to think about the Bible and what Jesus taught and, and all of it, I encourage you to take these baby steps and really start to look at that. Don't beat yourself up. Take it, take it one day at a time. And again, go back to just simply your senses and say, all right, and work, work outside in this time mm -hmm. instead yeah. of inside out. And there's a, there's a beautiful precedent for that over and over again in the Bible. You don't see Jesus going, okay, everybody just be quiet. Mm -hmm. We're going to ohm together for a while. He would say, consider the lilies of the field. Look at that. Now, right. looking at that, what does that tell you about how you are? Or, you know, if... If you're a parent and your kid asks for something helpful, would you give him something harmful? Well, look at that. You've got this this thing going on. Based on that, what would you do about this? Jesus's ministry often took the took the tack of look around. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that tell you about who you are? That's the question. What does what's going on around you tell you about who you really are? And build from there. And that's a great way to grow. So it's time for our listen up part of the show. And the listen up part is when people uh, write in or, or come to us and ask us questions. And uh, I love that process. If you want to send us a question, you can come to one of our services and, and, and just ask us or text during the lesson. Or you can write to us at info at waterandstonechurch.com or you can get to us on all kinds of social media. There's lots of ways to get your questions. Our question this week comes from Karen B. Thank you, Karen. And she asks... How do you feel about the whole quote-unquote Santa thing and being dishonest with your kids? Okay, well, I want to be real careful. Yeah, if you have, if you have, well, little, I was going to say, if little ones are listening to this or you have somebody in the, and, and we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to really try to be careful mm -hmm. about not letting the cat out of the bag here. Well, let or, me say real quick at the top of this, I believe in Santa Claus. So, oh, heck yes, so I do. That's on the table. So, and we're going to proceed from there. So, okay, how do you how do you feel about the whole Santa thing? And mm -hmm. honesty with your kids, stuff like that. Um it's a tricky one because you know, it, this is like one of those things where 
when we were young parents and, you know, we had a little girl, a little baby girl, we had this idea that, you know what, we're not going to buy any Barbie dolls because that has an unrealistic image of whatever. And with our, our son wanted a toy gun and we didn't let him have a toy gun. For the longest time. But the thing is, with both of them in their own way, they do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Miles would just pick up a stick and pretend to and shoot. And all of a sudden it like, was a gun. It's right. like, okay, well, this isn't any better. No. You know, and so you want to, okay, I'm only going to do this right. But the thing is, ask yourself, are you teaching your child that material things are what it's all about? Because wherever you you fall on where Santa Claus lives and if you're into the Tim Allen version or the Rankin-Bass version or the, you know, Ed Asner version or whatever, where, where you fall on the mythology of it, if you take a step back from that, what we're talking about is an embodiment of the spirit of giving. You know, remember over and over again we say that it's not the outer thing, it's the idea, it's the inner spiritual nature of that. And can you be okay with the idea that that among the many things that we celebrate on Christmas, we celebrate the idea that the spirit of giving can be made flesh, so to speak, in us, and you know, parents, you know what I'm talking about, in and through whatever we're doing. I believe in that. I want to believe in in the Santa idea. I want to believe that there's there's a sweetness there. And the idea of just giving, because giving is good. That whole thing. So as far as being honest with your children, that's a little bit like saying, well, do you believe in Moses? Yeah, I do. Well, do you believe that he did everything exactly like the Bible says? Okay, yeah. Well, wait a minute. There's different Bible translations, and they all say a little bit different thing. And we know now that historically this and that couldn't be, and nobody was videotaping this. And so it's possible that every little moment of that wasn't right. And who wrote this down when he was up on the mountaintop? And and you, you go, okay, well, it doesn't exactly matter the literal details of every moment of it. What matters is the the general trend of this. What matters is the ideas and the teachings. What matters is we're part of a continuity of believers and a family, a, a just giant transparent race of people. We're all connected to this beautiful set of ideas that take off your sandals because the place you stand is holy ground that the Lord said to, to Moses has to do with the idea of remove that barrier of having to get it exactly right. And you go, okay, well then I do believe in Moses, but maybe in a different kind of way. Well, same beard. I was going to say, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, everybody's got a beard. You know what's sad so. is this place in my mind went, who's got a big white beard? That's, that's, that's what happened. Exactly. But it, that's exact. But it, you could use that same example. It's like, yeah, I believe it. There's even in one of those, I think it's a year without a Santa Claus, one of those Rankin Bass mm-hmm. stop motion. Um, the song is, I believe in Santa Claus because I believe in love. Isn't that from that one? Yes, it is. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Yeah, I believe in Santa Claus because That's I believe in giving. That's the one with giving. the with the heat miser and the yes, and the, um, yeah, exactly. Snow miser, Thistle yeah. White or whatever the mm-hmm. kid. Oh yeah, Ignatius yeah. Ignatius Thistle White. Yeah, wow. Yes, boy, that's a deep cut. It is a but, deep cut. But you know what? As goofy as some of those movies are, and the Rankin Bass people especially take amazing liberties with the Santa Claus myth. 
They oh my goodness, the yes. They tell it so many different ways that it's crazy. But you know what? I am I accidentally used that word, but I'm glad I did. And this is something that comes up from time to time. People think that the word myth means a lie. Wrong. But that's not what the word it's means. It's not what it means. A myth means that it is truer than true. A myth is something that is so true that the actual details, the facts, are less important than the truth. A myth is so true that it lives in us. Does it matter if George Washington actually chopped down a cherry tree? No, it represents something that we carry with us as, as part of this country, let's say. Well, and even if you, you know, if you break it down to the just the basic idea, it's, it's instead of the letter of the law, it's the spirit of the law. It's, it's, the, same, it's the same idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so do we... Do we did we teach our kids about Santa? You bet. And I still, it's so silly, but I, when we go somewhere, a mall, or when we go to Disney and they have a Santa around the world thing, and I am so, I'm much more excited than any child around. And I, I, I don't know why, but I always say, I call him the big guy. Like, hey, there's the big guy. And it's a big deal for me. I, I love that idea. I believe in that. It's important to celebrate the idea that that we're supposed to give. And yes, Christmas is about Jesus. It's Jesus's birthday. I don't think you have to make Jesus less in order to make Santa more. Those those two elements are separate. Yes, of course, we remember that the first and foremost thing is the Christ in Christmas. But remember, Christ is something that you carry in you. Paul says, Christ in you, your hope and glory. Your The idea is we give each other presents because we're celebrating that that what Jesus talked about is true about you. And I'm saluting that. A Christmas present is like a namaste in a box. <laughs> you know, that's the point of it. And that's namaste why we do it. Namaste in my box. <laughs> <laughs> but so I don't care what is or is not on a Starbucks cup. There is no war on Christmas. Get over it. Right? Come yeah. On. Gross. Yuck. You Leave can... it. Just, just stop. Just stop. And, and say whatever you want. You know, happy holidays, care. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Is there another one that I'm leaving out? Probably. There's a lot. But you know what? It's that old, Whatever. That Tell whole... me. Wish me wish me well in whatever way that you want. And you know what? I'm going to take it. You can and tell I'm gonna, me. And I'm going to put a smile on my face and I'm going to say thank you. Because you went out of your way to say something nice to me. It doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to be on the same page as you. Right? And in fact, it's a funny way of... And I, I have no ability to stop doing this. That's what a little kid but, does. Is if you don't have the same, then you're out. Yeah, but it's stop like I, doing it. I have no ability to stop doing this. I do the U2 thing, so it, you know, at the movie theater, enjoy the movie. U2. Oh, I guess you know, oh, happy you birthday, U2. Him, oh, I do it and happy birthday a lot. Every, <laughs> well, at least once a year. Well, at least many times in that one day. <laughs> it's crazy, but but the point is that's silly because when I say happy birthday to you, it's a, it's not a two way street, right? It's okay if I'm giving you my Merry Christmas mm -hmm. or if you're giving me your Happy Holidays. I'm a big enough person to where I take that how I need to take it and move on. I don't need you to also have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, right? You're wishing it to me? Cool. Thank you. You know what? The, the proper response is thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of you too, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Santa Claus, I'm in favor. Yeah, can we you, love the big guy around Can you do here. that and be completely honest with your children? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, you can. And we just talked about it. That's how this works. Leave some cookies out, man. It's important. The big guy needs fuel. It's time to check it out. And we're going to let you know where we're going to be at, what we're up to, where you can find us, how you can join us. Everything. We got everything in this segment of the podcast. There is a lot going on as always. And at the top of all this, I want to let you know that the best way to find out about what we're doing is check out our website, waterandstonechurch.com. Check it out. There's it's a I'm really proud of our website. There's great stuff. There's I'm the blog posts that get written are really cool. I stand by them. I'm proud of them. There's all kinds of stuff, but there's a link at the top that says gather and it talks about some of the things we do. There's a calendar on the website. We've also got a really strong presence on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of that. You can find out what's going on, but let's give you some of the high points. Every Wednesday, we have our sunrise walk. We meet at North Shore Beach um, or Park. Sometimes it's called. If it depends you, on, on Google. depends on where you're looking. You can Google variously, but it's in St. Petersburg. If you go to our website, there's a map that leads to it. But in general, if you look for where the volleyball courts are on the beach, if you can see them, you can see where we are at about 7.20 in the morning, give or take, on Wednesdays. And I say give or take because stuff happens, traffic getting there or whatever. So if you're going to join us, just give us a drop us a line. Yeah, give us a heads up and Mm -hmm. and we'll be happy to take a walk with you, get a cup of coffee. It is a beautiful way to start the morning and the weather in Florida has been so lovely. Indeed. Indeed. So, so good. But I also want to mention on Wednesday nights, usually in the evening around 8 p.m., you have been releasing your weekly Bible thing. Right now you are working on a... 13-episode series called Living Water, Standing Stone. Yeah, and that's about what we believe in. And if you can get through those 13, the basic idea is if you know those things, you know everything about what we're talking about. Now, there's more to say, but it's just a it's a real nice way to get a clear understanding of what it is to be a Christian in the way that we are Christians around here, what it is to live this stuff. And there's always a lot of emphasis on go live this. So that comes out on Wednesdays around 8 o'clock in the evening. You can look for it on our YouTube channel and also on the website there's a link that says watch and it's got links to all of the various shows we have. Speaking of the various shows we have. Every Friday about noon we release a new episode of This Day and I'm so Mm. happy we're in the holiday. Go check it out. There's going to be cookies. There's going to be cinnamon rolls. There's going to be all kinds of stuff this month. Those cinnamon rolls, I got to have one of those cinnamon rolls yesterday because you were filming yesterday. Forget it. They're incredible yeah and go subscribe that is the best way you'll you'll get notified of when a new video it gets put up go watch it and give us a thumbs up give us a like that really helps us out yeah subscribe to the channel but i i love i love those videos i can't say enough good things about it and it was so much fun the other day we were in the grocery store and we ran into some people who were buying ingredients to make one of your recipes from the this day show and i thought that was just so cool it's just really cool really cool cool. very proud of all of that sundays at sunset at saint pete beach we meet there every single week about like i said about a half hour before sunset half hour 40 minutes before sunset it's the dolphin village parking lot you can once again go to our website and there's a map to it park in the public parking and go just a little bit south 
of the public beach access and you'll find us and usually there's a pretty good crowd of people hanging out and watching the sun go down super informal no big deal nobody you know it's not like there's a prepared statement or an order of service or an offertory or anything we just hang out and sometimes people got stuff on their hearts they want to share and sometimes it's just about watching the sunset and clapping and going and getting some food or some ice cream or whatever afterwards it's a great way to bring people kind of into the Water and stone family into the thing. If people aren't sure about showing up somewhere on a Sunday morning, just have them come hang out. It's a great way to get into it. And once again, every Sunday, about a half hour before sunset. December 13th, we are going to be cooking food and serving food for about 100 people at the CASA shelter. And CASA is an organization in in our area that um, protects women and children from domestic violence. And these are the families um, that have had to leave um, really dangerous situations, and they are the people that are living at the shelter. So it's the women and children that are living at the CASA shelter that we're going to be feeding. And I'm just so looking forward forward to it and I just think it's so nice that we can do this at Christmas time so we're going to make so much food there's so many people in our congregation that have stepped up and and um helped and decided they were going to make stuff so I'm so proud of our group I gotta say and I'm sorry to interrupt you but I'm just so proud of this and one of the things that we really feel is, is that you know we love our Sunday morning celebrations I love doing the service I love the whole thing and it's at the core of what we do but the Sunday service should not be the end of anything. It should be the beginning of a dialogue that you have with your life. And a big hunk of that conversation has to do with what are you doing to make the world a better place? And so I'm so proud of us that we're doing this kind of stuff. I'm really looking forward to serving. Yeah, it's going to be great. But if you're interested, please just drop us a line. At this point, if, if you want to go buy a bag of salad or something like that, that would be wonderful. Or just show or, up and help serve. You don't have to cook anything. Yeah, but you will need to let me know because there is there is a form mm. that you have to fill out. So so if, you're, right. if you, you hear this and you're interested in coming, you can't just show up. You can't up. just you gotta... show up because of protection and they want to make sure that not everybody knows, you know, for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. And, you know, there's some safety issues there, especially uh, with children. So if you're interested in participating, um, just let me know. And if not this time, then there's going to be plenty more for you to do. So just keep a listen out. And I'm going to jump ahead and just say that on January 7th, I'll be doing the Sunday service at the Unity Church down in Naples, Florida. So, and there's more information about that on the Unity of Naples website and on my Facebook stuff and all that. But drum roll, please. I want to let you know that the big deal on, on my radar right now is... December 24th, that's the day the big guy gets ready to, to, to come. On December 24th, we are doing our monthly Sunday service, and uh, this time around the topic is wild worth. I'm going to be talking about what's important in life. How do you care for people? What are you about? This is a prosperity talk, but not just prosperity in terms of things like money and abundance, but prosperity in terms of a life that works and finding freedom, for example. And because it's Christmas Eve, there's going to be a candlelighting element. I'm going to be talking about some Christmas stuff. It's going to be so much fun. And I just want to let you know that we're almost done with these monthly services. We've got this one in December and then one more in January. And after that, starting in February, we're going to be doing weekly Sunday services. And that's really the official launch. Right now, the church is kind of in pre-launch mode where we're still kind of tweaking things and fine-tuning and everything. 
So we're really pulling out all the stops in February. So be here in December to help us figure out what this family looks like and what it is all about so that when February comes, we can just really knock it out of the park. So thank you for being there. Once again, that's uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th. Our Sunday services are always at 11 o'clock, and there's always more information on the website. Speaking of more information, one great way to make sure that you're in the loop about what we're doing is text. Text the word I am ready, all one word, no spaces, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y. Text I am ready to 84576. That's 84576. If you text I am ready to (laughs) 84576, you'll be in the loop. And we send eh, about one message a week, no big deal. Here's what we're doing, that kind of thing. Super easy to, to get involved with our various teams, like our welcome team or our tech team, through that same interface. Really, really cool. Free of charge, the whole thing. I just love it. All right, Dieter, it's time to wrap it up. Everything outside of you is pointing to something going on inside you. Over and over again, the experiences that you have are dictated, mediated by, controlled, if you want, by what you got going on on the inside. And this is really great news because a big part of what we're doing is trying to remember who we are. Jesus said in so many words, the thing that's different about me isn't who my father is because God is our father. The thing that's different about me is that I know who I am. And it's our job to try to figure out a little bit more about how that Christ in us, that divine spark, that image and likeness works in our life. And the way to do that is not to remove yourself from your life. The way to do that is really look around at what's going on because it can tell you a little bit about where you're at. And from there, you can really start to grow. Christmas is about opening a present. Get past the wrapper of your life and find what's going on on the inside and you'll be glad you did. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. And the head honcho of Pinfeather Studios and one half of the music that you hear is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, and we're very grateful for both of them. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means by gum. You know that in order to uh, support the podcast, we don't ask for money or donations or anything like that. In order to support the podcast, we ask for you to spread the word. Tell somebody about this podcast. Everything that we do on Water and Stone, whether it's our YouTube movies that we'd like for you to subscribe to, whether it's the blog posts that we'd like for you to hit that like button and share it with somebody else, everything that we do is shareable. So take that moment that it takes to send that link, to click the share, to post it to your Facebook page, to do whatever it is that you need to do, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do what you need to do in order to share it. That's huge for us. A big part of what we're trying to do is change the world, right? And that means getting the word out, and you can help with that. Speaking of getting the word out, speaking of sharing, the other thing that you can do to help support this podcast specifically is go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether that's iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or whatever it is, and real quick, hit that five-star review button. 
I'm asking for a five-star review because that's what it takes to get iTunes and the powers that be to help promote our podcast. When you say that it's worth five stars, they decide that it's worth telling somebody else about it, and that's when the magic happens. So take the eight seconds that it takes to click that fifth star, and it can make all the difference in the world for us. And finally, the most important thing you can do to help support what we're doing is show up. Come hang out with us for a sunset. Come for a walk on a, on a Wednesday morning and watch the sun come up and have some coffee. Watch the videos and man, oh man, show up for one of our Sunday services. It's going to change something for you. And isn't it about time? <laughs>